Hi there, I'm Joe Hilliard. And I'm Aislinn Campbell. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Dinner Table Talks. You know, Aislinn, some couples golf together or tennis together or go fishing together. We talk together. We eat food <laughs> oh, together. Oh, we do that too, yeah. Food is an important <laughs> part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it on this podcast each and every week. Yeah, we talk about food, family, friends, and fun. It's Dinner Table Talks. And if you want to learn more about us or a little more about the podcast, we always suggest that you listen to episode one. You can always learn how to get in touch with us and where to find us across all the social media and at our website, dinnertabletalks.com. So pull up a chair. Dinner is served. Hello, my name is Aislinn. And with me is... Uh, Joe, and I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had that stuck in my head from, from the mic checking. Hello, my name is Aislinn. If you remember that, you are of the over the age of 35. And we'll talk maybe in, in a little while about how certain pop culture time periods are about how old you are. Yeah. Because I was listening to a thing that said your favorite Saturday Night Live is the one where you were in high school. Because right. that's when you would have been most dedicated to no. watching it on a mm -mm. weekly basis. I disagree. And of course, Aislinn breaks every I, rule. Uh, no, I, I was not paying attention to that in high school. I was paying attention to it when it was... I was too young to be paying attention to it. And were, then I didn't care about it when I was in high school. You were ahead so, of your time. Yeah, yeah. So um, What's new? Uh, speaking of ahead of my time, yes. have you managed the beans yet? How, are we going to talk about okay. those beans yet? Okay. I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> but I'm very happy with how this all came out. Oh, yeah. But when we put a five-episode deadline. Uh-huh. Don't put deadlines on yourself, man. No, no. Deadlines are required for me. <laughs> I need a deadline. <laughs> when we put a five-episode deadline on those beans, and if you haven't heard these episodes, know that I have never made pinto beans before. Aislinn loves pinto beans. I said on here, I'm going to make you pinto beans, my love. And I said, I'll do it in three episodes. You said, I know you too well, Joe. It'll be five episodes. <laughs> but we didn't think about that in those five episodes would be the holiday of all well, one of two holidays of dinner table talks. Where you should be dinner table talking. The whole of America is dinner table talking at least once on Thanksgiving. So we're going to slide a Thanksgiving episode in next week. But yes. know that we may or may not talk about beans very soon. Very soon. I bet we're talking about beans. Very good. We have some unanswered questions this week, and I thought they were actually kind of interesting. Sometimes what happens is, is that Aislinn and Joe know it all and know nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we talk very bigly about things, and then we go, hey, we better go look that up and make sure we know what we're talking about. That's a very good way to put it. <laughs> we know a little bit about a lot. We know a lot about a little bit. But please, introduce it properly. Oh, yes, of course. It's... <laughs> Questions. <laughs> Let's talk about one of them that I actually mentioned. You looked it up. You said you were going to look it up, and that is swordfish. And should you be eating swordfish based on the amount of mercury? I'm concerned about my health. I don't want to eat anything that I. I that's I mean that's not the point of this podcast, but it's certainly a thing that we talk about food as it relates to our health. I did look it up, and I was shocked. A know that I missed all of this. Well, I think one of the things is being pregnant. I'm sure. And the reason is because they do specifically talk about women not eating certain heavy carrying mercury fish during their pregnancy. You are absolutely correct. Briefly, nearly all fish and shellfish contain traces of mercury. The reason why, of course, is because that mercury occurs naturally in the environment and is, can be released into the air through industrial pollution, of which 
but we live in an age. Mercury falls from the air, can accumulate in streams and oceans, and is turned into, now here's the problem, methyl mercury in the water, mm -hmm. a chemical reaction in the water. It's this type of mercury that's going to be harmful to an unborn baby or a young child, and fish absorb the methyl mercury as they feed in the waters so it builds up in yeah. them and it kind of depends on how they feed and where they feed based on the amount that is in them is that correct well the fda correct like how what they're feeding on how mm -hmm. much mercury the fish or other lower on the food chain items that they're eating how much is accumulated within them. And then like where they live in the water too, like certain parts of the water. Certain parts of the world, certain parts of the country, depending if you're getting country specific. But in 2004, and it has been updated to say that this is still the case in 2016-17, by following these three recommendations for selecting and eating fish or shellfish, women and young children will receive the benefits of eating fish and shellfish and be confident that they've reduced their exposure to the harmful effects of mercury. Three things, but the first one, the only one I'll talk about, avoid fish that live a long time because they uh, have the possibility oh. of accumulating the most, the most. Uh, that makes and sense. there are four specific species shark swordfish mm -hmm. king mackerel and tilefish now if you want to go down a rabbit hole on the internet look this thing up right i don't need to get swordfish well and then you get i'm gonna the avoid the swordfish i don't really have the opportunity at the restaurants that we dine at frankly to eat shark or tile fish as menu items so i'm not worried about that yeah i'm just going to strike swordfish and frankly when the... was the last time you ate swordfish exactly because I, I we've been together for eight years and you've not eaten swordfish since we've been together well you can't say that definitively i'm sure i haven't slipped one you know mercury laden swordfish in there but uh, I'm going, where, know, where are we getting swordfish from? and so, you know and speaking of this topic we talked a lot about tilapia last week right. and then and we talked a lot about so on our social media accounts about tilapia and god that got a huge reaction People were happy that we talked about that. Why? On yeah. a coastal community that we live in well, or and anywhere. There was, and there was some feed, feedback, which I think is fair to talk about in that because of what I am into and the people that I'm, that I hang out with usually we're talking about, if you know a farmer that's done doing aquaponics and is selling tilapia at the farmer's market, that that go ahead go ahead and give that a try if you'd like to eat it mm -hmm. uh, support those but that's, people that's point zero 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 one but that's of not what tilapia. we're eating at our local seafood restaurant that's right. serving tilapia as their house fish now speaking of food and what you put inside your body you talked about what is soy lecithin okay do you remember the uh, the science experiment you did in first or second grade where you put cooking oil in a mayonnaise jar and water in a mayonnaise jar and put the lid on it and saw that they separated Oh, and yeah, you maybe you'd add a dye to it. So right, you could see or you the, could use yeah. motor oil to really get oh. a comparison. And then you shook it up, and it's uh -huh. all the same thing. But if you leave it there on the counter, it eventually separates. Huh, yeah. Well, any kind of food, any kind of processed food, certainly, where there is water or non-oil and oil, same thing's going to happen naturally in the food. Processing S for long-term preservation? Is that really what we're mostly talking about? Like, well, it can, okay. it's shelf-stable for a long time. That's why you it might need to... It is rare. That you and I have a store-bought salad dressing in our refrigerator. And if we do, it's going to be an oil and vinegar variety. And there's a separation there because you and I buy organic. Sure. Except our favorite is ranch dressing called and, by all. And homemade I, ranch dressing. I make homemade ranch dressing. <laughs> yeah. If you look in our refrigerator any moment, there is homemade ranch dressing. But what do we have to do? You are so hipster with your mason jar of homemade ranch dressing in the refrigerator at all times. Listen, hipster, not <laughs> hipster, Generation X boomer. If it works, it works. <laughs> But what do we have to do with that dressing before we put it on our salad? We have to shake it. We have to give it a good shake. Yeah. Soy lecithin, the number one thing that it's for is it is a emulsifier, which, and it's in all chocolate. 
I was about to say it's in my M and M's. It's in all. Why eating M and M's? It's because in, that's one of my favorite things to eat, and I've looked to see because of these conversations of what I should and should be eating, and I can eat chocolate. I'm not supposed to eat milk chocolate, but it's my one that I want. Yeah. It's a guilty passion. So, so is that? That's an interesting thing. I'm I'm actually more curious now about why it's in chocolate. Because there's oil and dairy in chocolate, uh-huh. and so if you were just to leave it on to the shelf it to cool, it would separate before it got, you know, and it would be ugly when you open the package. So all your processed foods include soy lecithin, I'm being very general, but most of them because they need it to look shelf pretty or package pretty or whatever. Right. Now, there is a lot of debate about whether or not this is part of a soy allergy. That's just the general, very quick, not quick at all, <laughs> explanation of what soy lecithin is and why you find it in almost everything that's got more than three or five ingredients on the package. Right. And and why might I, I care about soy lecithin? If you listen to last week's episode that I've been diagnosed with hyperthyroidism, one of the things I'm seeing both a naturopath and a traditional DO. So one of the things at the very beginning of that journey was don't eat any more grain. What you said was that if you eliminate soy and grain, that's a typical American diet. That, right. Being the typical American diet, that means we're eating almost every single thing we eat has got grain or soy in it. And I can't eat both of them. And so we pulled up this article from the Center for Advanced Medicine that talks about the big three, soy, wheat, and corn. Mm-hmm. And those are big commodities in America. And it, it basically says these three ingredients um, are a part of the American diet and will usually have at least one of these in every meal, snack, or beverage. So that's something to keep in mind. And then they tell you like, you've heard that concept, like eat on the outside of the grocery store. Right. But instead, you know, you're talking about the processed stuff that's in the center of the grocery store. hold on. People might not know what you mean. What do you mean eat on the outside of the grocery store? Well, in a diet where they're trying to get you to make better choices, make more natural choices, they're trying to get you out of the center of the grocery store. They're trying to get you to the outside of the grocery store. If you think about what's on the outside of the grocery store is meats, cheese, eggs, uh, vegetables. The closest thing to real food. Fruits. Makes meats, sense. Yeah, all of that kind of stuff. Your yogurt, so. back left corner. <laughs> I know my grocery store like I know the back of my hand. I don't know the grocery store at all. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry. So picture the edible contents of the middle of the store and mentally remove everything that has corn, soy, or wheat in it. Mm-hmm. Think about it. All your ba- right? all your boxes, all your bags. Basically. So what it says is in terms of the middle of the store, what does that leave you? Beans, rice, some oils and vinegars, right. canned fruits and vegetables. Right. I don't eat very many canned fruits and vegetables. When you live in an era where you have the ability to freeze foods, freeze fruits and vegetables, there's no reason for canned vegetables outside of canned beans, maybe, and even still learn how to make beans so that you can <laughs> so that you can have Stay your own too. beans too. <laughs> you know, even like some of the things, beans and rice and stuff like that we use, the rice we're not using currently. So I thought that that was interesting. And then it goes into what is the problem with these three ingredients? And it says these three are among the most allergenic. Remind me, soy, wheat, and corn. Soy, wheat, right. and corn. Three of the most allergenic ingredients in most diets. That is an interesting topic because when moms are raising their little ones, there's a concept that certain things, if they're given to them at a young age, the higher quantities of it can lead to allergic reactions later on in life. Peanuts, I know, is one of them. That's exactly right. Allergic potential is due to the fact that the person is basically having this in every meal, maybe more than once a day. Continual exposure to any material vastly increases the potential that you will become allergic to it right? If you're eating wheat in everything you eat and soy and corn, these are where we run into autoimmune disorders of basically like types of things I'm dealing with, where you you made your body allergic to something. For me, I've set my thyroid off, whatever it was that caused it, I set my thyroid off. Let's kick out some of the things that could potentially be causing the problem. 
And then it says, and this is the part where there's a little bit of argument and whatever, but in addition to these three ingredients are almost always genetically modified, which helps to keep the prices down and makes them desirable food to manufacturers. So let's grow this stuff as cheap and as quickly and as easily as we possibly can so that the people that make processed foods can make it and put it in everything. Mm -hmm. And there you have the American diet. We're food weirdos. I mean, I I know it. And I think that people either A, listen because they... Three reasons. A, they agree. B, uh oh, Alexa is telling me your beer is cold. Oh my God, you should go get it for me. Well, there's your beer, love, but I'm confused. There's no grain in that? <laughs> well, rules broken from time to time. It is a holiday, right? We're dealing with Thanksgiving. This is not, this, this has been a regular cut out of my diet, but this particular beer is a really special one to me. I love Vienne Rose beer. It is from Jester King, uh-huh. Austin, Texas, uh-huh. and it is a sour beer. Yeah, it is a special beer. If you don't know and... Jester King Brewery, you can find all about it at Beer in a Movie, my other podcast. It's available every week. Beer in a Movie. <laughs> cool. Cool. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Thank you. This is the first beer I've had in months mm-hmm. now, so but so it's a special treat and special right here on the podcast today. So you know what? That's the thing. And I have said this, and sometimes I get in bad habits, just like everybody else, and that is... Cake is great. Yeah. Just don't eat cake every day. You told me that within the first couple of months that I met you. And you said to me, mm-hmm. I eat differently than the typical American person. And I can't remember how we got there. I was like, yeah, but you you won't eat cake? Cake, cake is so good. Cake, pie, pie. And you said, cake is great. Yeah, I love cake. <laughs> but cake every day isn't. And one of the things I haven't talked about on the show is my dad's elderly fathers type 2 diabetes and and yeah. how it was mismanaged for decades and I'm not going to get into that because that's his private thing. I think get past thing, the but... lecture part and decide to understand what you're eating and then make thoughtful educated decisions about how you do it. And this is a situation where ultimately you do you and you is you and that's fine. <laughs> But it's not, you know, we're not making fun. We're not whatever. We're just saying most people know what you're eating and be aware that that be aware that there are these things out here. And as healthy as I was, I created some sort of autoimmune disorder in my body for and I don't know what made it happen, but I'm going to do things to help make myself feel better currently. Most people's second largest investment is their vehicle. And when you go to the gas station and someone says, hey, I know that gasoline goes into this engine but I think you should put in this bag of sugar. You're going to say no, because I can't afford the, the, the inevitable maintenance bill when I completely wreck my engine and we treat our vehicles better than our own bodies. Well, and ultimately with the, the population aging, like your parents and, and your parents even, and yeah, me and my you parents and everybody over the next decade, yeah. it means that we have created a system of, of we've got a lot of maintenance. <laughs> this is exactly what we're talking about with politics. Our infrastructure has come to the point where it cannot exist anymore without us putting a lot of money into it. And how bad is it broken? How bad is it? You know, whatever. So let's move on with that. Yeah, let's let's quit food. lecturing. Let's talk about the fact that because we're not eating wheat, and, and I, I do love to have fried food from time to time, mm-hmm. especially when it's in the perfect beginning seasons of those foods that you love to fry. Right. So we just got into eating the other night, and you've actually done it a couple of times now since there's been some things that we love in season. It's become the end of the okra season and the beginning of the squash season that as our colder weather sets in, we're going to lose that squash. So we're going ahead and taking, you know, at the Learning Garden and where they're bringing to the farmer's market, they're taking really young squash. And those young squash also have blossoms on the end of them. I had to learn so much about squash as I developed this farmer's market lifestyle that you and I have. 
Squash is those yellow tubular yellow squash or zucchini. Well, this is that squash we talked about a few episodes back. The tromboncino is the variety. Mm -hmm. It can grow into a very long, you know, yard long piece of winter fruit. Mm -hmm. But when you're taking it really young, it's this little swirly, small green squash. Four to five inches long. Yeah, Mm -hmm. real thin, real small with a beautiful little blossom on the end of it. Squash blossom. Yeah. And they've been pulling those and and showing, I mean, people like that. That's, it's a specialty. It's a, a, you know, it's a luxury item. And when I saw them, I said immediately, Joe, let's get those. And they were next to a bag of baby okra. Yep. And so we got a couple of those and he said, okay, I'm going to try out, we'd been talking about trying this arrowroot flour. Well, my old batter for frying was good old fashioned all purpose flour with some you know seasonings added, but you're doing the grain free thing. We've done a lot of research about alternatives to flour. You got to have flour. From time to time. Yep. And so arrowroot. And you did your fry like you've been doing your fry. One to one transfer from flour to arrowroot. That's the ratio. There's no weird conversion. If you use flour in this recipe, you use the exact same amount of arrowroot in the same recipe with that alternative. And that was a part of my favorite dish for this coming up. This I was last nervous week. as hell. It was. I think it was better. I'm a I good fryer. I think it fryer. was such a thin, Hold nice Hold on. Am I a batter. good fryer? Yeah, you're a great fryer. Okay. You, no, you do. One of the things that the kids love, the boys love when they come home from school is fried steak fingers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that, one that, of that's the things the kids row meal. love. Yeah. <laughs> my death row meal is chicken fried steak fingers. You do a good job. I do. You make a big old mess in the kitchen, but you do a good job. Oh, you got to make a mess in the kitchen if you're doing it right. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, baby wants fried okra. Baby wants fried squash blossoms, which I'd never done before. Baby wants these fried squash. And you, I've done yellow squash and zucchini. I just slice them into yeah. about a quarter inch, but I told an eighth you of an inch. Do them just like whole. they are. Just whole. drop that drop whole, whole damn thing. thing in there. Yep. How they yep. turn out. Sweetheart. They were perfect. And we had picked up, and I had mentioned a, a few episodes back, the cilantro sauce mm-hmm. that we can put on the chicken wings. Mm-hmm. But we used, you, you took that out, poured a little bit into a bowl, and that was what I dipped my little fried okra yeah. and my fried squash blossoms. If you have not had fried squash blossoms before, do it next. Because actually, out at the farmer's market last week, somebody came up to the table and said, oh, by the way, we're listening to the podcast. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I said, oh... Did you buy chicken wings? Because apparently we sold a lot of the the local farmers sold a lot of chicken wings because we had talked about it on the podcast. And I said, okay. And I pointed out the little squash with the squash blossoms because the table had some more of those to sell. I said, buy these because he's about to do an episode about. This is one of those things where people have learned that you will say, here's a recipe. You'll find a recipe and you'll send it and then Mm -hmm. I'll do it. Yeah. And then I'll usually do it again, but Jay hack it up a little bit. I can I just fry okay I take I have two separate bowls one of them has eggs three to four eggs whisked I don't put anything in there besides egg then the second bowl is my now arrowroot a good old bag of all-purpose flour previously we buy organic and then I put that in there and then I I can't give you measurements it has included salt black pepper Paprika pa- always pep- oh always pa- paprikas <laughs> in everything I make it's the J hack seasoning paprika. paprika Chili powder, maybe, if I'm uh-huh. feeling it. I, that's, that. I go to my big spice rack, uh-huh. and I see what I'm feeling that day. Do you, uh, Sometimes I even do oregano in there, just a little bit. So, you know. Do you throw a little bit of sugar in there? No. Well, it depends. Interesting. It de- no, 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 I don't. Not anymore. Because back when I used to make the seasoning mm-hmm. for us, I always threw a little bit of sugar mm-hmm. in there. So I take my uh, okra. Uh-huh. I take my whole little squash blossom. I take my whole little tiny baby tromboncino we'll squash. We'll send some pictures out. Egg flour, egg, flour. Now, what I've recently begun doing is a uh, grease thermometer. 
I bought one and I oh, stick yeah. it on the thing because you want to get around 350. Okay. That's important. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that's important if it's, you care about the presentation. It's not too yeah. brown. It's not brown enough. And it's not it, it's not too oily. It's not that's too oily because that yeah. temperature wasn't high enough and it right. had to stay in there longer. Right. Three fifty, boom! Mm-hmm. I eyeball it. I don't time anything. Yeah, and I then think I have that a, that's really important. Three fifty. You 350. have a temperature, an oil temperature for, for okra and squash. Uh-huh. Other yeah. things for other things. If yeah. I'm doing meat, it's different. We're not talking about that today. But yeah. I, we got a wire rack that's elevated. Paper towels underneath to catch the grease, and I just put them over there. Mm-hmm. And usually when I've got enough in there. I'll say, hey, Slim, yeah, come, come get, get your it. appetizer <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, serve more at the meal. I love yeah. frying so do and you I get use into the cast the, iron skillet. I, well, in the cast iron skillet. Yeah. Do you get so into If you don't want a cast iron skillet and you call yourself a cook, go buy yourself a 12 inch cast iron skillet. Go yeah. to an antique store. Try not to get the pre-seasoned thing. But if that's all that's Joe available, get it. Joe loves his cast iron. If all he of our, loves it. If all of our kitchen appliances and tools burn down in a fire, the first one I would Let's buy. Let's not manifest that. Let's just talk about how much you love your cast iron and well, how they, you just make love to the cast iron. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> Quickly, I want to just talk about the other thing that was actually the main course of that meal that night. And uh, it was a ginger garlic noodle soup. Yeah, I served the with, fried along with. Well, you're supposed to serve this ginger garlic noodle soup with bok choy, but we used kale because that's what we have available to us. Well, that's what I had in the fridge. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I could have gone to box. I could have gone to box. Yeah, but no, I would have been really disappointed because I liked the seed. What do we have? Let's use the vegetables that we have. And kale is, grows well here. Kale grows here a lot of the year, and so that's a fortunate thing for us. But it, you also used fresh ginger in it. I you did. actually grated and used fresh ginger in it. It says on here. Of course, we also always have chicken that needs to get used, and that's actually what how we end up with soups a lot of times. Is no, that's a lie. We end up with soups because Aislinn says that mommy wants soup. I like soup. That's true. You love soup. I do love soup. I've got a. I've got. Speaking of the farmers market, I bought the largest head of cabbage I've ever seen. Oh it's yeah. It's sitting our in our refrigerator so, for me to come up with a new soup recipe, yeah. which hopefully we'll talk about yeah. in, a, in a few times. So to speak. Also, I, I think we're getting maybe some kimchi. I'd love to hear about that in the future. I have got a new such adventure. a massive head of. Cabbage. Cabbage yeah. that Tevin, our mutual friend, said, I'll send you a kimchi recipe. I'm going to try that too. So, Tevin, send us that kimchi recipe so it's that we can. Thanksgiving uh... break. I'm going to mess around <laughs> in the kitchen, man. I'm looking forward to that right. and some grain free pumpkin treats. Okay, oh, yeah, keep going, keep yeah, going, yeah, keep yeah. going. So, did you use the whole star anise on it? I don't want to go to the grocery store if I don't have to. I think yeah, I had sure. everything, Let's and I said, if have. you don't have star anise, mm-hmm. which is a star of pho and a lot of Asian soups, yeah. A substitute a cinnamon stick or two, and I have. Oh, that. that's right. You, I remember mm-hmm. you telling me that. Yeah. Okay. And then it calls for rice noodle, but of course it's we a use. Table talks tip. Bong. Go ahead. <laughs> and of course, it called for rice noodles. We don't use rice noodles. Instead, we use Explore, Explore brand. cuisine, grain-free noodles. That if you haven't put in your life yep. yet, try them out. Give them a try, no doubt. But that was really delicious. A good Asian soup. I think you should make that again. You know, it's got mushrooms, and you can just imagine a delicious ginger soup. You call me a hipster all of the time. And I guess I don't really care because one... I don't think I'm the one that calls you a hipster. Mm-hmm. I just make a joke. Oh, no, I just called you a hipster, didn't I? One thing you <laughs> and I like to do when we've got kids at the table, and let's be honest, when it's just you and I, sometimes we're in front of the television. But when we have <laughs> a child or two or four or 20 at the table, we turn on our vinyl record player. I'll yeah. say, Savannah, go pick out our music for the night. Lily, yeah. hey, whatever. Yeah. And a lot of the conversations that we have, because you can imagine with two teenagers in the house, are about music. Mm-hmm. So there were a couple of things that happened. And also, I'll say this. I rely on the kids. 
Because when I we both have Sirius XM in our car. When I get into your car, chances are a hip hop station is on. Yes. When you get into my car, chances are an alternative or like college music station is on. I gravitate to alternative music, and you gravitate to a wider variety, including hip hop, in a way that I do not. Yes, I love like I love the heat. And I love XMU, which is also alternate. But you but, yeah. have a better mind for current hip-hop acts. And certainly with the girls in the house, when they're doing the dishes and they tell Alexa to play some music, it's hip-hop. Yep. My bo- The boys love hip-hop. Yep. My son recently went to a Travis Scott concert in Houston that was a, a big once-a-year fest. My daughter says... My favorite artist is Tyler, the creator, which makes me, because I love my daughter and I want to know what she's into, start looking up Tyler, the creator. And I go, God, he's good. So I guess Tyler, the creator had a concert, uh, a once a year festival that he does where he always brings a special guest that is unknown. And everyone said, it's going to be Frank Ocean. It's going to be Frank Ocean. And it turned out to be Drake, who is one of the biggest I think it's important to say, how did this come to the table? Go ahead. Because ultimately Savannah came to the table and said, have you heard the news? Did you hear Yes, the news. and Lily was there, and of course that. So now we're the Lily four of us. Lily had heard the news, of course. I hadn't yes. heard the news. You hadn't heard the news because that's not part of the things I so, look for on so social media. So she says, like, okay, let me tell you this story. And right. This is she Savannah. Was so excited. She about was, it. and she does. Savannah likes to tell stories. Like, and she, she gets likes, excited to tell a story. She likes to talk about the pop culture that she likes too. Oh, so yeah. she tells this story about how Drake came out, and everyone was so disappointed that it wasn't Frank Ocean that they booed Drake, Drake off the stage. Drake. They booed Drake off the stage. And I don't even... We like, were... Our whole our whole table of people who all love Frank Ocean were offended. I that, can't tell you five Drake songs, but I was mad that this right. had occurred because, <laughs> hi, I'm an artist and I'm going to bring a special thing to you and it's the number one, one of the number one acts in hip hop and you're going to reject it. Yeah. Because it's not the thing that you thought that I should do. And that, I said it, I, and I said, and you kind of corrected me, but I think it's kind of the same concept. It's that cancel culture. Oh, and yeah. I actually think it's not, I, or I think what I said was, it's a mob mentality. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and then she said, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what Tyler, the creator has been saying. You got, they got into a mob mentality. Someone booed, someone else booed. And now all of a sudden it's okay to boo because right. everyone's around you is booing. And until you leave the center where everyone is in this mob mentality, you don't realize what an idiot you've become. You've just gone right along with the crowd, booing the very thing that you spent $60, $70 to get into. So music became the conversation, or it kind of always is, but it was recently in a lot of the conversations we've been talking about. And it just so happened that we were all out dinner together one night and the music that they were playing at the barbecue restaurant in South Texas, you can imagine was some kind of radio station that was featuring nineties era country music, (laughs) Joe Diffie, uh, Garth Brooks, Brooks and Dunn. I I think I heard um, Mark Chestnut, Clint Black. Yeah, that. In there. Clint Black and what was that guy's name The, the, the with the real long head? Randy Travis. Randy Travis. It was a Randy Travis. He's in there too. And <laughs> I was... knew every word. Now, at the beginning of this story, I told you that when you get into my car, one thing you will never hear is country music. Especially not 90s country music. <laughs> period. Even though we grew up in country the 90s. Music, period. <laughs> but if you're on a good 90s country station... Chances are, and this blew the girls' minds, I can sing every word of every song. So can I. And I the just quest- don't. The question was, try how to. do you know this? <laughs> right. And I had to explain to them that when I went to college, the mob mentality, this is 90 to 94. I was there. The mob was mentality <laughs> was the height of Garth Brooks at his powers. 
And Garth Brooks outsold everyone times 10 when he was at the height of his powers. So in a central Texan area, Mm -hmm. you and I both, we were just an hour and a half from each other. No, 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 no. I was still in South Texas. I understand. Big age (laughs) difference. Yes, I'm very old. When you're talking about this 90s and that music, I was literally in junior high and I was wearing Rocky Mountain jeans. I mean, I was into it. I was wearing Rocky Mountain faded colored jeans Uh and I had the shirts with the cutouts on it Mm -hmm. and we were going to kicker dances Mm -hmm. and I was dancing and I was, my first concerts were like Brooks and Dunn Uh and you know, all of that you were saying, Alan Jackson, oh, all yeah. that crap, crap. I saw, I saw, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you my pathway out of this horror in a little while, but uh, I saw Garth Brooks in concert. I saw yep. Clint Black in concert. Yep. We went up to Dallas to see Joe Diffie in concert, Mark Chestnut. Yeah. Back in the days when I was modeling and saw doing Saw Dwight pageants. Yoakam in concert. Back in the days when I was modeling and doing pageants and I used to go like, I was one of the special guests that got to be in the back and got to get signatures and whatever because I was usually working for a radio station. All of those people that you just named, I've got signatures or had Mark Chestnut, Steve yeah. Warren, or Joe Diffie, all, all of that with me and my cow, my cowgirl hat and my jeans and my Rocky Mountains and my pageant sash. <laughs> Two things, everyone was listening to this music in college. And the number one fun thing to do on a Thursday night, every Thursday night, was go to Melody Ranch in Waco, Texas, where I went to school, and go kicker dancing. We talked about this with the girls. We yeah. talked about going, because I, I could name the Orange Grove Rifle Club. Mm-hmm. Those of you that are from here, you and you lived during that time, you were a teenager during that time, you went to the Orange Grove Rifle Club and right. went dancing. This was the emergence of kicker clubs in New York City. I mean, it was... Really? Th- yes. This is when oh. country music was the big, big business... Two things happened. Number one, Billy Ray Cyrus, Aki Brecky Hart. That was later though, right? It was later, that but was it's late what, 90s. It's, I'm talking about the two things that got me out of this. Garth, oh, that got you out of it. Number yeah, one, yeah. I don't care how popular the radio station is that I'm listening to. Aki Brecky Hart is just dumb. And if it's going this direction, it's time for me to get off of the boat. And number two, a variant interest in Texas rebel country or Texas outlaw country of the time, which would have been your Jerry Jeff Walker, Robert O'Keefe, to get you into more of a true, authentic songwriting and true, authentic, just fun music to certainly watch in a crowd. And then that got me off of the country ramp and back into where I needed yeah. to be all along. And that's that's about when I went to college. So that's exactly what the, what happened there. The very last country CD I bought was on my way to college. It was George Strait, Carrying Your Love With Me. And that summer and that first year as a freshman in college, I broke up with Bubba. <laughs> like, and I got on with my life and I then met Cortland's dad and he... And I was already into like rap and alternative and whatever, but he listened to like Wu-Tang Clan and Method Man and stuff like that that I was into. And we used to make a joke that he was like on the office, like the white boy listening to rap music and he'd roll up his window. <laughs> See, my, that my, wasn't him at my all, stereotype but... of A&M and College Station would be a heavy country influence. You would have been dropped into a pot of country music. Well, I mean, it was conservative country boys, girl, boys and girls, people from Texas, yeah. rural Texas. But no, we were listening to Dave Matthews Band, and that's that's a different conversation that, that went We were with listening that. to the same music, <laughs> yeah, two but, different ages, because when Dave Matthews came out... Yeah. You were a grown man with a job, <laughs> and I was a kid in college trying to... I was well, shaving! I grew up real talking? fast, though, because then I met... You I, weren't a grown woman in college? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Okay. Yeah. No, no, I was not a grown woman in college. But I might have been 18, but I was not a grown woman. We influence our kids' musical choices. And now they influence us. Yeah. And I and I, I wonder love that back and forth. I wonder how many households that is real where there is influence or and you know what it's funny, I was having some talks with my kids while they're been home just talking to them recently and they told me 
that the word because we had the conversation about boomer did we talk about that in the okay, podcast boomer. i don't think we have uh, so your son said and it was about music right okay boomer okay. yeah he okay boomered me during tech so it's like what the hell right and so what i was saying is is that i learned over the weekend that for the kids boomer isn't a age it's oh, a mindset they're right? not strictly defining the generational right. terminology right and ultimately what's happened is is that they're just going back at the whole okay millennial thing so that's that's their answer to that. They don't, they, don't, I, they don't all eat Tide Pods? Right. But what I thought was funny about that was they boomered somebody who's, I said, he's not a boomer. And what it was, was just going back to that concept of music and whether or not, and I said, well, you know, just do you, do you think Joe's a boomer? And they, and they both said, no, absolutely not. And I, and then I think about like the music you listen to and what you're willing to listen to. And I, I mean, so there's a little bit of that in that. I think that one of the things that keeps us mm. not to not to say that we won't have boomer moments, <laughs> but the one of the things that keeps us maybe leaning a little more toward the younger direction is, is that we care to hear what they have to say. And we're interested and we believe that the things that they're bringing in terms of pop culture, like that's a thing with boom, the boomer mentality is your younger pop culture is not as good as mine and that's not fair and when you're when boomers were their age their parents were saying the exact same thing right elvis shouldn't be on tv because his hips are a little too swaggy yeah i don't like all of it but i like a lot of it and it doesn't have anything to do with age and the time and i think things change and i think we adapt and it's fun and so yeah that was a great conversation i found another new recipe this week that i was super excited about we buy food at the farmer's market that is no secret and so with those okra yeah. i don't know how much i don't know much to do with okra and I'm, I'm too scared to like dip my toe in gumbo which is exactly what i probably need to do with okra when it's okra season yep we buy a lot of cucumbers you love cucumbers i do yep i eat a lot of cucumbers and, and i don't time know how to make some. a lot of cucumber stuff and you didn't like cucumbers when you met me I still well, think y'all, you do move cucumbers aside. I didn't like a lot of things that I met you, but it wasn't that I... It's the same struggle with my daughter. She doesn't even give it a chance to know she would like it. Yeah. I was doing the same thing. That typical American diet we were talking about at the end of the day. Yeah, let me move these vegetables over here because this uh, these chicken fried steak things are so delicious. But I So I, I get cucumbers, and I know that I can slice them and throw a little bit of good salt and a little bit of good pepper and some of that delicious, real thick balsamic vinaigrette on there and serve that to you as a little just crudite appetizer, and you're mm-hmm. going to eat it up every single time. Yeah. I'm about to make tzatziki sauce for the very first time. You know what the base ingredient is in the recipe cucumbers. that I found? Cucumbers. Grated cucumber. Yeah. I can't wait to do that i'm yeah. gonna do that with that lamb bowl that we talked about back in episode five i found a cucumber recipe that i think you liked a lot and we yeah. can throw into our rotation yeah it's a creamy cucumber salad i was looking for a side for some bratwursts that we had gotten from the farmer's market yeah we were gonna eat out but then we decided not to so i needed to do something quick and simple i had cucumber in the fridge and i had bratwursts in the freezer i was like okay i can do the bratwurst that's easy and you always love a good bratwurst. you know what it was go ahead it was that i had mentioned you said how do you like to eat i like sausage on a stick and you you literally made sausage on a stick with this creamy cucumber salad on the side well i looked up sides for bratwurst or sides Uh. for you know a a sausage and you know you're gonna get a potato salad but i didn't want to spend 45 minutes to an hour making a really good potato salad so but you're considering sauerkraut i'm gonna throw this oh i'm making sauerkraut yeah that's cabbage that would be an interesting way to do it i've got a cabbage the size of your whole leg in my refrigerator (laughs) right now i'm going or your head right well no no no. two of my heads (laughs) this is so simple i'm gonna throw it up on our social media peel the cucumber thinly slice it 
a little bit of onion, sour cream, white vinegar, dill, sugar, salt, garlic powder. You got yourself a creamy cucumber salad. I stuck it in the refrigerator. Sometimes I'll do that. I'll get the meal going and I know that like this needs to just marinate itself in the refrigerator for a while. So I'll distract you over here like a cat with a TV show or whatever <laughs> until finally you go, I'm hungry and I'll go, voila, I've been trying to keep this in the fridge for an hour or two just to like <laughs> let the flavors blend together. But that and the bratwurst, easy meal. Yeah. I think we were alone that night. I think we're and alone. And I'm trying now. to come up with alternatives to these around. seasonal. I'm just gonna go seasonal no, vegetables. Speaking of the back, like the more story options that, with cucumber or okra or whatever. I was just gonna say that song came on the radio the other day. And speaking of going back to childhood, I immediately said when the song was on, it wasn't on the radio. It was on some place we were in. I used to dance in the front yard to this song, cheerleading dances like you know, performed choreography. Ultimately, it comes back to the memories that music brings to you. And for me, it would have been through. Josie's on a vacation far away. For the, the Where same were you? Time what period. were you doing? Dancing in my backyard by myself. Were you? I was waiting on that song on to come on the radio. A... No trampoline, a basketball goal. I was waiting <laughs> on that song to come on the radio so I could record it onto a cassette tape. Oh, yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. You want to know the one that I remember recording, which is hilarious now? Millie Vanilli. I'm in love with you, girl. <laughs> oh my gosh. Girl, you know it's true. And when they when it came out that they were lip syncing, that was big news for kids. Yeah. Like, oh. I've been duped. <laughs> okay, here's an interactive opportunity that fits perfectly in with this episode. Okay. Tell us that one song that you remember and what you were doing with it. Like give us give us a good one. Be cool about it. Be cool about it. Or don't be cool. Make us laugh. But you can do that in many different ways. You can, you'll see us post something about this episode on Facebook, Instagram. Respond there. You can send us an email at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. Or Anchor has this really cool option where you can actually do a voice call. So if you use the Anchor app at all, and it's really simple if you're or not. Or you can just even go on your desktop. Right. Do that. Go to it on Anchor on this episode. Do a voice message to us and tell us what was that song and what was the thing you were doing? The great, a great memory. Tell us one great memory. We'd love to bring those up in another episode because those are things that are going to carry through. We will have other dinner table conversations that are about music and the memories of music and our children will, some of the things we're talking about right now, we hope that in many episodes later, 400 episodes later, we're making a joke about something that happened with music that they were listening to right now. As a matter of fact, I just now I'm thinking of Lillian with her, um, what was that song that she used to always sing? Oh, now I'm not going to be able to remember. Because always be royal. Royal. Yeah. She, she'd clutch her heart and, th- and you know, they all, they all have them. It's just fun. And, and now when that song comes on, she's like, I hate this song. Yes. And, and she's a gonna... childhood memory of a favorite song and the goofy way that you embraced and celebrated it. Yes. I love it. Yes, I love it. Okay, so the next interactive part would be where we do this thing that we do every single week. We haven't read this ahead of time, so you're getting an unrehearsed, just thought of uh, answer to a question. It's table topics. We ask a question and we both answer it. So I'm going to read the question. You are going to answer it first and I'll follow up after you. I am mentally prepared to take this challenge. Okay, this is good. Would you rather know how to fly a plane, drive a race car, or rock climb? Rock climb. I don't want to put too much thought into these. I overthink these. Flying? Mm, I don't need to drive a race car. Eliminate that. Fly a plane would be good because if I could fly a plane, then... But no, no, 
No, commercial travel. Rock climb. I feel like that would be the outdoor, because you and I love to be outdoors. You and I love to hike. You and I, when we're out and about at a new place that we've never been, we typically try to find a hiking trail. We want to see the natural elements of different parts of the country and world that we've traveled to. Final answer, okay. rock climb. I don't give a shit about any of these. I do not want That's to do... That's not the way that table topics I do works. not want to do any of these. That's not the way table topics work. I don't... I mean... Not giving a shit about these three things. Which of these three things that you don't give a shit about would you pick if you had to? It's not going to be a race car. I know that about you. No, you're right. Because I have a car phobia. No, that's not true. I don't have car phobia. I just have, I'm very cautious with cars. Now, you, don't and like, I you don't like high speeds in machines, which eliminates the yeah, two. Exactly. And okay, well, then you and I will climbing, do some small height rock I'm is not interested. Fear of heights? No, it's just like the whole, like, I, that's not the kind you of. You and me. Yes. At, rock climbing would I, be the thing. But more so, is. more so, I would rather just go on a really awesome long hike. I like to climb. Okay, rock climbing. I do like to climb rocks yeah. that is a thing i like to do you and i have done some we, we've done some rock climbing it just wasn't like vertical it wasn't ropes and yeah it wasn't that it wasn't chalk like tree, on our hands carabiners and, and all that whole thing no right i like to climb well, and some and of I these table rocks. topics are going to be short and sweet and that's a good yeah. one for this because yeah. our episode is long next week on dinner table talks we're going to talk about our thanksgiving because of course. because there are dinner table talks lots of them lots of people lots of characters yes we're going to talk about thanksgiving next week that will be a lot of fun do this... not do not ask me about beans next week. I've already talked to you about beans. If beans are coming, it's not next week. Okay. That's all I have to say. I think that was great. And I hope that you will send us a message. Let's get involved. Let's get our interactive in. You know what? Thank you for telling us you are listening when we're out in public or messaging us or whatever you have done up to this point. We are enjoying it and we look forward to having more adventures with this next week. If you're at the end of the podcast and you hear this, it's because you're enjoying yourself. And if you're enjoying yourself, we would just love it if you would tell a friend with your mouth or tell a friend on social media about what we're up to. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Hey, thanks so much for pulling up a chair and joining us for Dinner Table Talks. We have a lot to talk about. You can always learn more and help us spread the word all across social media. Check out at Our Dinner Table Talks on Facebook and Instagram. And for you Twitter users, at Dinner underscore Talks. Visit our website at dinnertabletalks.com or shoot us an email at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. We look forward to hearing from you.